one of the All the Books show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Hey, Eric, I want to congratulate you on that Best Use of Social Media Award that you recently won at the STLS annual meeting. Well, hold on, Nick. Yeah. I want to congratulate you on winning the uh, oh, Best Use gosh. of Social Media Award at the uh, STLS, whatever it was called. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> really good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That was this. fun, though. We got a nice yeah. plaque. Look at maybe, plaque. Maybe you saw it on Twitter. Yeah. I want to mention that Eric and our children's librarian, Katura, also won scholarships to Nyla yeah. through STLS. Yeah. If you're, so, if you're going to Nyla, maybe we'll see you. Yeah. Meet up. Yeah. yeah. So Eric will have his post-Nyla chat with us yeah. after that. So that was fun. The annual meeting was fun. We got a nice uh, mm-hmm. intro from one of our board members, Ed Pick Eric. Short hit. Seemed to, seemed to be a real fan yeah. of Nicest all the thing that's ever been said about you. Me. Yeah. About me. A lot of lies, of course, <laughs> for it to work. Yeah. But absolutely. So, what's yeah. n- what's new? You just move your microphone right while we're recording like that. Yeah, well, it was far away. Boy, maybe well, we're gonna have to return this award. First of all, you're the one who didn't do a sound check, so you oh, can't. Oh shoot! I you didn't. can't blame me. Oh my gosh! I just went right to go. <laughs> I know you did. Looks like everything's recording. Oh, good. that's great. Good. That's good. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we're picking up some new listeners because we talked a lot about it at this annual meeting. So sure. STLS fellow librarians, if oh, you're yeah. tuning in for the first time, we're glad to have you. Yeah, we better mention what this podcast does we talk about book news author news and literary news yeah we do a different spotlight each week sometimes we talk about a specific author or a big uh literary event this week we almost had to do an emergency recording it's true because i felt like it was we thought about it yeah yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about the nobel prize in literature specifically this year's candidate but also just a little yeah that's right uh also just an overview of the the nobel prize and and past recipients as well so we'll be talking about that a little later first stop though is bookmark so eric where's your bookmark my friend i should also mention that eric and i have molasses cookies Mm -hmm. from the texas hot that we will be eating and enjoying during this podcast so cider thank you to our friends at texas the most autumn recording we've ever done true 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 uh and maybe even more so than when i came up with my book idea first days of autumn oh so great So (laughs) so great uh, one more shout out before we start because this okay. affects my bookmark. Sure, it I does. didn't read this much this weekend because I was traveling. Oh. My cousin Brianna went off and got married. Brianna, one of our regular listeners, yep. as I recall. Well, well, congratulations, Brianna and Matt, listeners of the All the Book Show podcast. That's right. Eric so. was there, so he I got to there. offer his congratulations thing, yes. in person. But Brianna, Matt, we don't know each other, <laughs> but I feel we'd be close. So I want to, <laughs> okay. I want to wish you well on your nuptials. You know what uh, my cousin said? What she read. Superman Secret Identity <gasps> after I talked about it on the podcast. Oh my gosh. So Wow. You won't ever read that. No. My cousin's a better friend than you'll ever be. I, well, she's family. How could I compete with that? Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll never be family. That's right. I have a kid and then your kid and they get married. And then they get married. And yeah. then we're still not gonna be friends. Yeah. Well, we both have unmarried siblings as well. Oh my gosh. So there's yeah. a lot of possibilities. Okay. Never say never is all, right. all I'm gonna say. Again. Never yeah. say never again. That's right. Uh, so, as we mentioned this week, we're talking Nobel Prize. Next week, we're going to be talking all things Halloween. Halloween movies, Halloween books, and yeah. we're going to have as a special guest the queen of Halloween, Ms. Sally Murphy. Mm-hmm. So, send us your thoughts on that. But right now, get back to it. All right, bookmark. So, I did finish a book. Okay. Uh, I finished Frankenstein, Prodigal Son ah. by Dean Kuntz. Dean Kuntz. So, and? Um, Just give me a little taste. Don't tell me too much. Okay. It, when it ended, yeah. I was very surprised. Oh. Because... I thought there was still more book to go. Oh. Well, it is a series. It is a series. Yeah. But, like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, some of these things are going to get resolved very soon. Okay. Because there were more pages. But then I realized it was just chapter a chapter of, like, the next book. And it just oh. ended. Oh. I was like, oh, it's over. So huh. I gave it three stars because I felt the ending was very unsatisfying. Oh. 
So oh. it's set up. You can't like you have to read more. Basically, is mm-hmm. that okay? Yeah, nothing's resolved. Oh, that is frustrating. Not I like thing. it. I like it when series like even though there's more to it. I mm-hmm. like when they can sort of be seen as a, as just one thing. I wish the monster, the Frankenstein monster from the original Frankenstein story, had more screen time. Oh, page okay. page time. Yeah, that makes more is sense. Is that what we call yeah, okay. time? Um, and sometimes it's a little too gross for me. Gross. Yes. Wow. Okay. But. I still kept reading it. Yeah. It was hard to put down, even though it took a while to finish. Would you have read it if not for the book club? Yes. Okay. I would have read it. That's anyway. decent. Um, and I might still read this. I'm probably still going to read the next ones. Mm-hmm. You know, save them for Halloween, but still go on with that series. Okay. I also read The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. This was for a children's book club I was doing, a, like, for eighth grade. It's a story about a twin brother uh, just growing up, he's super into basketball. His dad is a retired basketball player. Mm-hmm. Just about him and his twin brother growing apart. Uh, his dad suffering from some illness, and so it's like a slice of life. But the whole thing is told through in verse. Okay. Um, but like, um, sometimes it's you know rhyming verse. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's the kind of verse where like the, the style on the page is okay. more important. Uh, a lot of times it's him using that verse to taunt the other basketball players. <laughs> so it's it's actually really good. I'd suggest it to anybody in the eighth grade range. And did the kids like it? Yeah, all the kids okay, loved it. Yeah. All the kids loved it, and a lot of them played basketball and okay. said that it did a good job of describing basketball life. I'd have and to take their word on it. Yeah, that too. I had to ask them, like, so is this is this true? Is, it, yeah. is that what it's like to be an <laughs> athlete? I don't like to brag, but I did play uh, some mean b-ball. Is that mm-hmm. the kids say? Okay. Yeah, they say b-ball. They say b-ball. In uh-huh. fifth, fifth grade? Okay. Yeah. So. Great. Yep. Um, and I started, I didn't finish it because of all the traveling, uh, Batman slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my one. gosh. A marriage made in heaven. Oh, my goodness. Much like your cousin. So Matt and Brianna. <laughs> oh, we already, <laughs> we already did yeah. that. We already did that. Um, the page I left off on mm-hmm. was uh, Shredder climbing into a helicopter <laughs> And the person flying the helicopter and saying, perhaps we can form a partnership was Ra's al Ghul. Oh, my gosh. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, it's the, the turtles have come into uh, the DC the DC universe. universe. So the turtles beat up Killer Croc. So that was fun. I thought maybe they'd find common ground. Yeah. Well, Croc's a killer. They, oh, yeah. That's true. He's right in the name. Yeah. And they're teenagers. So He's a full-grown adult yeah. manslaughtering Croc. But it's nice because uh, in this comic... They have their traditional colors yes. for their mask, whereas in the uh, the other series, they're all red. Is that right? They That's are, a- yeah. They are. Yeah. Boy, we're getting nerdy now, but the original yeah. Kevin Laird comic books, mm-hmm. they're all wearing From red. From the 80s, yeah. So it's yeah, all red. And even the new series, which is one of our most popular graphic novels mm-hmm. in our collection, let me tell you. But it's, it's just... They're all red, so like you never know. It seems really stubborn. It does. Just, yeah. Just color code them. It's moved past it. We don't care. Right. Just. So yeah. I appreciate that. So And it's funny. It, yeah. It's all really good. Uh, Michelangelo had us put a chart together mm-hmm. to figure out if Batman was awesome or mm-hmm. not awesome because they got beat up by Batman. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the not awesome side was a scary voice, mm-hmm. but on the uh, awesome side was his costume. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I think one of them also was that he beat up Raph, which was on the not awesome side. Oh, yeah, that would be. So that anyway, be awesome. that's what I've read. I'm going to start, now that I finished uh, Frankenstein, yeah. I'm going to read Pet Cemetery oh. by Stephen King. We can talk about that. Hey, can we talk about... How pet cemetery is spelt differently than cemetery. Yeah. And when you try to spell it or look it up, you always end up typing in the wrong thing. Sure. Let's it's talk annoying. about it. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. It was misleading the way you said <laughs> okay. it. It really, really seemed like. But hey, no, that's all right. 
talk uh, segue into you finishing eleven twenty two sixty three. I finished eleven twenty two sixty three, the TV series, also by Stephen King, mm-hmm. which actually has quite a few nods to uh, Stephen King books. The I show? Didn't, yeah. Okay. I didn't catch all of them, but all they right. talked a little bit about it in the special features. But uh, at one point, one of the villainous characters is driving Christine, based on the you know the Christine Whoa. is the evil yeah. car and it's actually the one they used in the movie that's hilarious they're using in this as well they're running up the stairs and it says red rum at some point i did see that you did see I it remember okay that, yeah yeah there's just a bunch of little little tiny things they uh-huh. took out some in the book they meet the kids from it yeah which i guess like legally they were allowed to do but they decided it would just be confusing yeah so yeah let's talk about it for a minute because okay. you've seen the series uh-huh. i read the book when it first came out uh-huh. and i've seen the series and when we talked about it early on and I'd seen the pilot, I said, oh, I bet it's going to stick pretty close to it. Right. I don't really think it did. No? First of all, his friend Bill mm-hmm. is like nothing in the book. Really? He does. He's not a part of anything. Bill's super important in the I show. I know. I know. He's like a primary character yeah. and he isn't. I mean, he's just sort of a, just a quick, uh, okay. just kind of causes a problem for a minute. It never becomes what it is. Mm-hmm. So that was a change. That was kind of jarring. Um, and you, you don't really like his life in Jody, like when he's teaching the kids mm-hmm. there and everything. That's all super important hmm. and in the book. Right. And it's like nothing. Yeah. I and guess... he also has a couple of like false starts. You know, he'll screw up and he'll go back and he'll reset it. He'll screw really? up. He'll go back. Yeah. Because yeah, in the show, as soon as he goes in, he's there yeah. for the next like eight years, I think. Yeah. No. Well, it's three. Three years. Three okay. Years. But in he's the there. book, it's five years. But yeah. He's there for the whole time. Yeah. So I think he shows up in 58. All right. In the book. But he has one, you know, the, the janitor who has the, uh, his father attacks uh-huh. the family. He goes and prevents that and goes back and then goes back again. There's, there's a way more of huh. like these false starts. So I thought it was good, but it uh-huh. really diverged a lot more than I expected. Would you most say, notably with Bill. Would you say James Franco went all in? Yes. Because yeah, he's known uh, for. All the commercials before it came out on Hulu, all the commercials read, James Franco goes all in. And the whole time we were watching it, I was just like, this is him all in right yeah, now. He's all in. He couldn't help it. He's so, all in. That guy, what's his name? Josh Durhamel? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. Who sometimes plays love interest in mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas Sparks films? Yeah. He's pretty scary. He was. So that was I kind of a... I didn't uh, see him in that role at all. And then um, the man who played, T.R. Knight, who plays Sadie's uh, husband, yeah. is from Grey's Anatomy and plays like the nicest, sweetest character <laughs> yeah, uh, the first of, few seasons uh, of Grey's Anatomy. Weird career-changing... Yeah. Yeah, well, he was a gross character. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you haven't read the book, it is, it's a long, long book, so be forewarned. But I think it's worth it. It moves really quickly. Would you tell somebody who's watched the show for us to read the book? Well, I mean, you, have, you, being, know, being one. you know the resolution. Mm-hmm. So without that, it might be hard to make yourself get through that many pages. Is the so. ending the same? I mean, don't say what the ending is, but is it the same? Um, like the decisions made at the very end and everything. I think yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty similar. There's, oh, yeah. there's not a lot of changes. Hmm. Um, is the ha- book a like a love story? Yeah, the the show definitely like plays up. The love it story is, more. and I think that it's a lot more. You you become way more invested in his life in okay. the in the sixties in the book. Okay, and one of the things like my wife hadn't read the book, and she at one point was sort of like, I feel like they're overestimating how into this relationship we are. You know, and huh. I think like for me, like I knew the book, so I knew their whole yeah. relationship. But for her, it was sort of like I think she was more interested in finding out what was going to happen with JFK than like, I was the surprisingly into the relationship. I was, I didn't think it would happen. Yeah, but He's, here I was. I'm like, come on, James they, Franco. They mentioned of Mice and Men, but the whole like he Jake directs a production of of Mice and Men. Oh, really? In the in the book, and huh. it's a really like you sort of 
it sort of stops being about JFK for like yeah. hundreds of pages. Yeah. And you just you kind lost. of get invested in his Man, life. Man, I'd get so lost. You lose that. I'm and easily distracted. A, a good element. I thought it was really well casted. Like Oswald okay. and uh, yeah. Marina Oswald, I thought were really good. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was an impressive miniseries. I like the miniseries and I like the book. Okay. So. There we go. I would, I would recommend either, really. All right. But on to what I've actually read. All right. Um, well, I, last week I was reading, and remember, hear the word that I'm saying and understand that it's not what you think it's going to be. But I've been reading uh, The Racketeer by John Grisham. Sure. So. Yeah. It's, and you know what that's about. Yeah. Let's both say it on the count of okay. three. One, two, two three. A guy with a jetpack. Money pack. laundering. No, yeah, I told you. It's not <laughs> okay. Weird. It's about a guy who gets a arrested jetpack. for jet money packing. laundering. <laughs> <laughs> Forget, it. Forget okay. it. But anyway, I took a break from that temporarily. I set that aside. Sure. And I picked up a Company Every... of Cheerful Ladies by Alexander McCall Smith. This is the latest? No, it's about a man with a rocket pack oh. who fights Timothy Dalton. So, oh, okay. wait, no, sorry, that's the movie The Rocketeer. Okay. No, this is book six. By Grisham. Book, no. <laughs> this is book six in the Alexander McCall Smith Number One Ladies Detective Agency series. Very unlike me to read Book a, six? A, book six. Okay, that's a weird number for you to pick. I know. Well, I found it at the Fillmore book sale, and so I was like, I'll just read it. And I liked it so much more than I liked hmm. the first book. Do you know why? Well, I think the first book suffers a little bit because... He's setting up the whole, like, she inherits the money. She goes and she mm. wants to start a detective agency. She has to hire a receptionist. It's a lot of, like, setting that all up. This book, everything was in place. And you don't really you don't really need tons of backstory, you know? You can just kind of go in and roll with it. Okay. So I thought it was much more compelling. I also felt like the characters were, they, they felt younger. Sick. They felt, like, more vibrant okay. than they did in the first book. I pictured them all as much older and much, like, stodgier mm -hmm. in book one. Whereas this, it had, like felt more dynamic so i actually really enjoyed it okay. and had i not read it i never would have picked the series up again but when i finished it i kind of was like oh hmm. i would have kept reading so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna try to read precious and grace before he gets here okay on thursday yeah see if i can just get a few more that. days i know that's right uh yeah well i guess we could mention at this point alexander mccall smith as you if you've been living under a rock or have never listened to this podcast before or seen this library mm -hmm. or any newspapers yeah alexander mccall smith is coming here on October 20th, yeah, which is Thursday, yeah. 7 o'clock for a free talk, followed by a ticketed reception, $35, yep. includes hors d'oeuvres, live music, a cash bar, and a book signing. Bringing the Scottish Thunder. Yeah. That's the name of the tour. Bringing the Scottish Thunder. Yeah. yeah. He's got a big tour bus that has that printed inside, <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're so thrilled. We, we're so grateful that Houghton College and the friends have partnered yeah. with us on this. Thankful to Penguin Random House for including us on this yeah. tour, which is, we are an atypical yeah. stop, let me tell you. Thankful, to penguins for yeah. giving us the film's happy feet yeah. and surfs up. Yeah. Yeah. And March of the Penguins. March of the Penguins. March of the Penguins. That was a date movie for me. March of the Penguins, you went on a date. Yeah. With your current wife? No. Previous wife. Yeah, my For, previous wife. Former wife. No. no. Okay. Because it was a romantic film. Yeah. Because the penguins are well, an animal love. I'm sure she and you will be thrilled that you brought up a date with an ex-girlfriend hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Boy, we'll, I wish I edited these. We'll fix this in editing. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cut that right yeah. out. I should have said it was a terrible date. That's true. Because it was. Oh, it was. It was a horrible date. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to say something? I don't want to say anything else oh, anymore. Okay. This is All the right. worst. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> I don't okay. know what I've That's done. <laughs> anyway, so I finished uh, Company of Cheerful Ladies. Very good. I would yeah. recommend that. You've never been in a Company of Cheerful Ladies. That's not true. Yes, it is. Sure. Sometimes there'll times. be like a group of cheerful ladies, and you'll get in there, and they're like, oh, boy. Oh, and I, Today I, was going I, great. I, okay. I see what you're and saying. And now Nick Gunning. Uh, let's see. Graphics. I read a few graphic novels. I read Vader Down. 
big crossover. That's the Star Wars. Marvel Star Wars, yeah. yeah. Popular? Would you say that yeah. Star Wars books? I think out of popular. all the Star Wars books of the new like Marvel series, yeah. it seems to be doing the best. Vader down, most so, popular. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that was cool. So we've got that in the graphic novel collection. I also read this one. We don't have Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide. Yeah, new take on the character. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my Goodreads review, yeah. but it was. It's, it's weird. Spider-Man yeah. is like a, a millionaire and yeah. beloved and super popular. And uh-huh. it, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Sorry, man. Yeah. I, I'm not there yet. I have right. to finish uh, the stuff before Secret Wars. Okay. And then I, there were a few things that I was like, what? Yeah. So, you know. I'm at Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. I finished Spider-Verse. So. Oh, we got to get more Spider-Gwen. We have the first yeah, volume of Spider-Gwen. Two more volumes we need to get. So. Yeah. Uh, currently, I've, I've gone back to The Racketeer. So I'm reading oh. that. Yeah. After uh, Joe Johnson directed that. Uh, I mean, that's a no, big reason why he directed the first Captain not America made movie. Into a movie. Not Joe made Johnson into a movie. didn't direct Captain America. <laughs> Check no, IBM, IMDb. No, but Pelican Brief has been made into a movie. Right. Uh, Runaway Jury. Uh-huh. The Firm. Okay. Lots of those, but no, there's no Racketeer movie. Uh, then so. you better tell Billy Campbell. You better let Alan Arkin know oh, that he didn't work in the 90s on a film. Okay, you're thinking of the early Disney, uh, 90s Disney film, The Rocketeer, with Billy Campbell. Timothy Dalton. That's exactly what I've been Jennifer saying. Connelly. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going crazy with you sometimes. I can't go down this road. Okay. I'm currently reading Gotham Underground as for the graphic novel. Okay. So, pretty, uh, good, pretty good stuff. Wait, I read that. That's you an did. older one. The whale's in there, right? This is a Catwoman. This is Catwoman. Oh, Gotham never mind. No. It's not good. Never mind. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Right okay. I've got next on my list, like I said, I'm going to try to tackle Precious and Grace before Thursday. Yeah. And then I've got to move on Frankenstein now. Cause yeah, because it's for the book club. Coming up for the book what club. else do you have to read for a book club? Page Turner's Book Club's currently reading Frankenstein by Dean Koontz. Mm-hmm. After this, and I shouldn't have said that because I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. I don't know what we're reading next. Tip of the tongue tames yeah. the lips. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so we're currently reading Frankenstein for Page Turners and for Contemporary Classics. We're finishing up Alexander McCall Smith's Emma. All right, Emma. Probably yes. by the time you hear this, it'll be too late to yeah. join the book club. <laughs> so next we're reading Patchwork Planet by mm-hmm. Ann Tyler. Okay. So you can check that out. Yeah. Then that book club takes a pause uh, mm-hmm. during the Christmas months. We don't right. meet. So anyway, that's it for me. Okay. Shall we talk about book news? Yeah. First, I want to talk about this piece of news that I just found out okay. about. Um, apparently... Uh, there is a Comedy Wildlife Photography Award, and okay. uh, they've gotten their uh, their best photographs right now, and they're choosing from the winners of the ones they have, because you asked me what I was laughing at before we were uh, recording this podcast. Oh, I was. It wasn't serious. So I was just making it's called, uh, this website's called birdandflight.com, uh, so you should go there, because some of these pictures are really funny. Hold Pretty on. Funny. Can you... Can, yeah. can, Hold on. Birdandflight.com. Look at this frog. Look how happy he is. Yeah. That's great. So I was just sitting there laughing hysterically. <laughs> so, oh, see? Nick, Nick just laughed. Pretty good. This yeah. is a weird shout-out you're doing, but... I'm sorry. I just found it. This... I think me and listeners of all the books Look are... at this fox. That's hilarious. Has... <laughs> so funny. We all appreciate right. the weird shout-out. So okay. Thank you. Sure. Hey, speaking of trends in the world... Yes? When we, when we aren't and I need a segue, I just say speaking of. <laughs> okay. Speaking of trends in the world... I know we talk. I don't know if we've talked about this, but the Divergent series not gonna finish. No, getting a show. Screen. It's going to like a TV show. Right. The movies. Have we did bring so that up. Much. Yeah. Okay. So we were thinking. Eric and I were thinking that maybe this would stop this trend of splitting movies. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Thank but, you very much. But the Remember, J.K. Rowling helmed Fantastic Beasts. Now, based Fantastic on a little thin Be- children's right. Book. It's maybe a hundred pages. Yeah. It's like a textbook of just like even these are book. some animals. Yeah. This is where to find them. Was going to be a trilogy, but they've just announced that too much information. Information, yeah, and they're splitting it into how many, Eric? Five movies. Five movies. Remember when oh we got mad gosh. that they turned the 300-page Hobbit yeah. into three films? Yeah. I, 
I don't see anyone getting upset fi- about five, the five movies. Five movies based on a pamphlet. This is my problem with Harry Potter fans. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Tolkien fans. Don't start it no, that well, way. Tolkien fans thought it was stupid to make three Hobbit films. Yeah. I everybody knows that it was stupid to make three Hobbit fans. Mm-hmm. I have not seen anyone complain about this five film beast thing. Mm-hmm. And by the time they're done with these. This is what I think they're doing. I think Warner Brothers just did the math in their head. Oh. When you're done with these five films, yeah. at that point, the original Harry Potter cast will be old enough to do the film version of The Cursed Child. Oh, I gotta tell you, I would watch that movie. The Cursed Child? I'm not that interested in, in Fantastic Beasts, but I would yeah. watch Cursed Child. How, how old do you think, how old is Harry Potter and Cursed Child? I mean, the kid's like 12, so he's not. He's probably about their age now, honestly. Hmm. Probably mid-30s, I would say. All right, well... I'm sure as soon as that's done, they're like, now we're doing the Curse of Child yeah. trilogy. Yeah. It's funny, too, because J.K. Rowling is always like, oh, I'm done with the Harry Potter world. I'm not going to yeah, do anything more. Then, sure. like, every day on Twitter, yeah. you know, she's like, Dumbledore used Pepsodent toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, yeah. Entertainment Weekly. Did you know Snape was a Pepsi like, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what it is now. Five movies. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne's like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> no kidding. How will I film my Oscar bait <laughs> yeah, every year? Seriously. Now that sequel to The Danish Girls permanently on hold I yeah think, i think so that. yeah Do that in the imitation game yeah Never not the know. imitation game that was cumber batch which is what i think you know, oh, theory, of theory of everything, everything yeah. yeah where they both played flawed geniuses with mm-hmm. uh painful lives yeah yeah so anyway no. we were hoping the divergent thing would end this yeah. splitting of movies but no what if the first forever. fantastic beast and where to find them uh bombs and so they have to do the next four movies on tv well first of all it will not bomb I know, because there's legions i know of fans legions is a good word for it all thank right you. thank you well this concludes our <laughs> <laughs> you know there's one more page to screen adaptation that i should mention speaking of mccall smith my wife and i watched the pilot movie for the hbo series number one ladies detective agency uh-huh. so good Okay. Really liked it. I thought it was really good. Right. Well, it's not really news about Page to Screen. We have that in our collection, too. That's so you true. Can check that All right. Out. No, it's not news. It's just shout out. irrelevant. It's a shout out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about what we have coming uh, down the road here. Eric and I yeah. like to fill you in on things that are coming long, a long way away, months, yeah. several months. Yeah, that's next and job. what's coming this week. Yeah. So let me give you a Your own worst bit. enemy. That's what's coming down this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's you. You're your own worst enemy. Oh, I thought you meant the failed Christian Slater show from several years ago. No, I didn't know there was... One a... of many failed Christian Slater <laughs> so. Every season, he's got a one-season yeah. show. Boy. Yeah. Poor, poor... Because he just Slater. looks like a jerk. Christian you look at Slater Christian Slater, like Slater and you're like, I don't want to talk like, to this guy. You know what Christian Slater movie I like, which is also somewhat related to Bob Dylan? Heather's? Hard Rain. Oh. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Anyway, Take Back the Sky from our old friend Greg Bear. Now, I recently Why'd read... Why'd you say it? Are you friends with Greg Bear? No, but I recently read a Star Trek book by Greg Bear. Oh. And it was like, you could tell, it was really early in his career, and he was like desperate to write a regular sci-fi novel, huh. and did it like using Star War- Star Trek. Didn't right. work at all. Huh. But if you're a Greg Bear fan, coming out December 20th, yeah. so perfect Christmas present for all the Greg Bear fans in your lives. Yeah. Uh, book three in the War Dogs trilogy, Take Back the Sky. Take Back the, the Sky. Yeah, the conclusion to an epic interstellar trilogy of war from a master of science fiction. Marooned beneath the icy, waxy crust of Saturn's moon Titan, Skyrene, probably like a Sky Marine. Yeah. Skyrene, Michael Venn, and his comrades <laughs> face silly. double danger from Earth and from the antagonists. Are the bad guys called the antagonists? Yes. Why would anyone choose that name for themselves? Maybe they know they're bad. It's ridiculous. It's kind of like how Ming, uh, in the early 60s, Magneto formed the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, why would you, why would right. you do that? Right, sure. Crazy. Yeah. Or anyway. how Zemo formed the, the Avengers uh, 
villain team, masters think, of evil. I think you forfeit any hope for a peaceful resolution. Yeah. I mean, the other guys are going to be like, no, no, no. Let's sit down and hear out what these antagonists have to say. <laughs> I, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh boy. Michael Venn and his comrades <laughs> oh face double boy. danger from Earth and from the antagonists. Both... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I Maybe you should was, stop. I knew it was coming. Both intent on wiping out their growing awareness of what the helpful alien gurus are really doing in our solar system. Yeah. <laughs> I was interested for a minute yeah. when they were stranded on Greeting. Saturn's moon. But... We are the antagonists. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, Matt Damon's going to be in this movie, right? Yeah, he is. He's trapped on Saturn. Yeah. Ooh, uh, boy. As soon as he finishes uh, getting over the debacle, that will be the Great Wall. I don't have much to tell you on this next one. There's very little information that's come out. Great. But I know this. On December 6th, the next uh, Jack Ryan universe book okay, okay so maybe i don't know if it's going to be jack ryan jack ryan jr or just set in that world okay but it's the 22nd book in just the jack ryan world it's okay. coming out uh, by mark greeny called true faith and allegiance coming out december 6th more information will come down the road right now all i can tell you is the title and the date. Yeah. uh web Boy, griffin and super informative there nick hey you, you blame the publisher Webb Griffin and William E. Butterworth IV. Hmm. William E. Butterworth IV. Butterworth. He sounds like a villainous Southern lawyer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mr. Butterworth, <laughs> what say you? <laughs> I object on the grounds of that's unconstitutional. You're on dabbing his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I would like a mint julep in your chambers. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> your Honor. Lord, it is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all of that's irrelevant to the- I'll hold this heat in contempt. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Man, okay. Let's, let's just, pause the podcast. Let's just scrap and just the show and yeah. just see where this takes yeah. us. Curtain of Death by Webb Griffin. Ooh. At all. From number one New York Times bestselling author Webb Griffin comes a dramatic third novel in the clandestine operations series about the Cold War. The mm. fledgling Central Intelligence Agency and a new breed of warrior. So this is, <laughs> this is set in the 40s. Okay. So I, I have never read a, a Webb Griffin. Me either. Book. I should put him on the, the uh, book club sometime because we try to hit all these classic authors, but yeah. I haven't done this one yet. So uh, Webb Griffin fans, you can keep an eye out for this. December 27th. So uh, too late for Christmas, in time for Hanukkah. So depending on you know your, your background, this could still work as a holiday yeah. gift. Jack Higgins. Have you read Jack Higgins? You know Jack Higgins? Familiar with Jack Higgins? No. You, you like Jack Higgins? Okay. Stop, stop asking me about Jack Higgins. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so where? Do, but did you answer? Where yeah, you, yeah. I'm a big fan of Jack Higgins. You like Jack Higgins? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Jack Higgins fans, including Eric, will know yep. this is book 22 in the long-running Sean Dillon series, The Midnight Bell, coming to you December 27th. So again, too late for Christmas. <laughs> Perfect for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bell tolls at midnight as death requires it. Interesting. Or just because that's what clocks yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It's midnight. It's going to happen. Also, anyway. murder. Right. In Washington, D.C., on a night full of rain, a woman is struck down and killed by a hit-and-run driver. Mm. But she's not just any woman. She is the assistant to the head of the secret White House department known only as the basement. Mm. And she had secrets of her own. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jack Higgins fans keep it I just found that. out that the uh, White House year. has a basement. Oh, sure. Yeah. A bunker. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Oh. So here's a, here's an interesting, and, and when I say interesting, I'm using the term very loosely, because I'm discussing a new bookshot by James Patterson. No! <laughs> Man, we, saw, we went to a Barnes & Noble, yeah. and they just had stacks of bookshots. I know, I know. It did not look like they were selling. It I'm was, curious. Yeah. I'm curious to see how this is doing, yeah. because I'll tell you, they are popular with our crowd. Yeah. 
when we get them and we put them out there, they do check out. But as I pointed out, as I said, I think maybe like bookstores are not the place bookshots are going to succeed. Yeah. It's places that people traveling are going to grab yeah. them from. Well, know? I could see like I could see myself knee jerk buying one like in a checkout line. Yeah. Do I want Reader's Digest? Yeah. Betty and Veronica Halloween Spectacular. Bookshot. Or a James Patterson yeah. bookshop. What about like a Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. You're welcome, James Patterson. Oh my gosh, I, well, we know he listens. So yeah, yeah, we do. He has to. He's we talk about him all idea. the time. If you want to send us a cut of that money, Jimmy P, yeah. he's very generous with libraries and book, independent bookstores. Well, I'll give him that. Share some of that generosity I mean, over he here. He literally prints his own money in the form of bookshots and other yeah, things. Yeah, that's but true. Anyway, the reason why I said that this was moderately interesting is because this bookshot is launching a new series. <laughs> so this is uh, the Harriet Blue series, written mm-hmm. with Candace Fox. Probably written by Candace Fox. Oh, snap! No, you didn't. So this is Detective Harriet Blue Point Five. Okay. So the the full, looks like a oh, full boy. book is coming out here. Uh, Patterson is giving Marvel Comics a run for their money. <laughs> uh, so, Harriet oh, no, Blue Zero. No, Harriet Blue Rebirth. Yeah, Harriet, Harriet Blue 1.5. Harriet Blue, <laughs> okay. the beginning. Harriet Blue is is in a book called Never Never. And this, this book is, uh, is sort of a... A window into that world. Never have I ever book. enjoyed recording this podcast with you. Now you say that's, something. That's so rude. No, now you say never have I ever something in response. N- never have I ever fully paid attention when you talked about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Boy. Uh, James Patterson's bookshots. Short, fast-paced, high-impact entertainment. You could say the same thing about Danny DeVito. Yeah, or um, the Dungeons and Dragons book. Uh... <laughs> hey, oh, why are you gosh. like this? You know who you remind me of? This nightmare about you. Mean, you remind me of Greg Bear's The Antagonist. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> With a name like The Antagonist. <laughs> what? If, but what if it's like one of those ironic names? How oh. like Mr. Big is really like three foot tall, sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Maybe the yeah. antagonists are like, hey. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh. Yeah. Maybe they're the protagonists. Well, you read it. You tell me. No. Stories at the speed of life. Black and blue. Uh, Harriet Blue. Oh, cute. Yeah. Harriet Blue. Uh, <laughs> book point five. Yeah. A beautiful young woman is found murdered on a riverbank, and Detective Mur- Harriet Blue is convinced she's the next victim of the worst serial killer Sydney has seen in decades. Sydney, Australia? No. Oh. No, you're not paying attention. <laughs> this is coming out December 6th, so keep an eye out for that. All right. This that is was interesting. Old. I feel like this is maybe a... Uh, he has some series that, that start first in other countries. Like mm-hmm. Private India was only like in India for a long time. Right. Different things. I feel like this is maybe an Australian series because it looks like... I just asked about Sydney. Yeah. But it looks like there's, there's UK versions of these oh. that are out already. So it okay. looks like this is a new publication in the I, US. I so. want you to promise me that okay. in the future when you yes. say something is interesting, yeah. that it will not be boring. I think I prefaced that by saying <laughs> it wasn't really. Okay. I was using it loosely. All right. Uh, I'm going to stop there. Okay. There's more, Ooh. but I, I, you know. Tantalizing. Like yeah. Keep people wanting, just like Dean Kuhn's Frankenstein, Prodigal Son. Wow, good job. No problem. And congratulations going out to Eric's cousin. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. What do you got coming out this very week, Moan Frank? Yeah, these are the books that are coming out October 18th, 2016. Now listen, I'm going to take a bite of this molasses cookie, so yeah. I don't want you to ask me a question anytime soon. Okay. Uh, have you read... Me Before You <laughs> by Jojo Moy. Oh, have you heard Me After You? <laughs> All right. Uh, you have no... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'll just read about no, this. No, I'll answer. Why not? No, that's fine. Uh, Paris for One and Other Stories by Jojo Moyes. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. I haven't so, read Jojo Moyes, if that's what you're going to uh, It's a collection featuring... Uh, bookshots? Jojo Moyes' bookshots? The title novella oh. and eight other stories. Okay. 
So if you enjoyed those two other books, I'm sure you'll enjoy these ones. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. What does this calendar say? It says the 17th. What is under the 17th? National Boss Day. Oh, uh, happy my, National my... Boss Day, Bruce Springsteen. No cookie bouquet or anything? Nothing for me. Wow. Okay, huh. go on. <laughs> All go right. On. Seduced, a Hannah Smith novel by Randy Wayne White. Have you read anything by That's Randy kind of White? a tongue twister. Yeah. Randy Wayne White? Yeah, Because you want to say like Randy Rain Wright? Yeah, it's the worst. That's how Scooby-Doo would say it. Yeah. Randy Rain Wright. <laughs> yeah. Like, settle down, Scoob. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting my library card out. <laughs> Uh, have you read this? Randy Rain, right? <laughs> you no. haven't read anything by him. No. Randy okay. Wayne White. So, all right. Uh, the Christmas Town by Donna Van Leer. Oh, I've read a lot of Donna Van Leer. Have you? Him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, how, what would you say about her if you had to like summarize her books? Uh, they're inspirational. Really? Heartwarming tales. Uh, she wrote She wrote the, like the Christmas Shoes in that series. Oh. Yeah. So I've read her Christmas books. Wait, doesn't the Christmas Shoes have like a song? The Christmas Shoes was a song. Then it was like adapted into a book and then a movie okay. with Rob Lowe and Neil Patrick Harris. All right. But nobody like knows the song anymore. Yeah, sure. No. I want to buy these shoes. <laughs> when I was in high school, let me tell you, I went to a uh, youth convention in June. Uh-huh. And one of the bands that was there, New Song, the uh-huh. one who did that. They were like, we're going to sing our hit. So they sang the Christmas shoes in June. Yeah. And even as a teenager, I was like, this feels desperate. Yeah. This is a cry yeah. for help. Yeah. That's a happy song, right? <sighs> um, it's about a kid's mom dying. But he gets her shoes. Yeah. He runs out of the house to buy a dying woman's shoes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> the Girl from Venice, Martin Cruz Smith. Are you familiar with this author? No. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Wait, the- what was Donna Van Leary writing? The Christmas Town. Oh, okay. Another a Christmas book. Okay. Right. Comes out to uh, October eighteenth. Just exactly, in time. <laughs> exactly what I want to read. Yeah. The Christmas book. So this is kind of funny because we've got um, there's a nonfiction book here <laughs> called Einstein's Greatest Mistake, hmm. a biography. Hmm. So it's a book about uh, how you screw up kid. Yeah. <laughs> so we got this. Well, you are my worst mistake. <laughs> Dad. And then we have this book by uh, Marie Benedict called The Other Einstein. Hmm. So, ooh, what secrets may have lurked in the shadows of Albert Einstein's fame? I guess you would never know. In 1896, the extraordinary gifted Maliva Mertz Merrick is the only woman studying physics at the elite school in Zurich. For her, math seems like an easier path than marriage until she falls in love with the fellow student, Albert Einstein. Yeah. Charismatic and brilliant. Albert promises to treat her as an equal in both love and science, but as Albert fame grows, is there room for more than one genius oh in the marriage? Hey, do you want to watch that Walter Matthau, Meg Ryan, no, Tim Robbins I, movie? No, I did I last do. Christmas, it feels like. Hey, you want to hear a weird little fact about Albert Einstein? Sure. You know that picture of him with him sticking his tongue out? Uh-huh. That and the picture of Nixon shaking hands with Elvis uh-huh. are the most requested items from the National Archives. Huh. That's all. Thank you. Probably facts on who really killed JFK. Oh. CIA. <coughs> Is that your opinion? But you just watched Love in 2263. Yeah. All right. I don't go for that lone gunman crap. Come yeah. on. It makes no sense. Yeah. Do you go for the lone gunman in the X-Files? Sure. Yeah, they yeah. seem nice. Yeah, okay. Fun little guys. Um, let's see. We've got another Christmas book, The Twelve Dogs of Christmas, an Andy <laughs> uh, Carpenter mystery by David Rosenfeld. Yes. Are you familiar with I her? haven't. No, I know David Rosenfeld. He writes a lot of, like, dog mysteries. He's very popular. Well, this cover has a bunch of puppies in a... Uh, Christmas stockings, oh, just boy. hanging from the, the whatever you call it. Dean Kane, call yeah. your agent. Oh my you gosh, got a yeah. new movie. 
Supergirl is getting a new season without me. I better get in this Christmas dog film. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, a wealth. Oh, I said a wealth, but it's not. That's not even a word. Take uh, it again. A life well played. My stories by Arnold Palmer. Hmm. I guess he's a golfer. And this is a story about golf, which, yeah. despite how it may look, is a sport. Really? Yeah. So Arnold Palmer is most famous for mixing lemonade and iced tea. Is he? That's called an Arnold Palmer. Oh. You didn't know that? No. Wow. The more you know. So what do you do do we call when you mix Sprite and fruit punch and Eric? Yeah, I do. Okay. I order it at restaurants. Uh, so, right so here's the book about a real sport. Uh, 99 Stories of the Game by Wayne Gretzky. So For someone admittedly not an athlete or into sports, you're pretty harsh on golf. Yeah. My dad likes to golf. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, this is about a hockey player. He went from a minor hockey phenomenon. Ah, forget it. I actually did play quite a lot of hockey. Did you? In my youth. Yeah. Hockey is so fun to watch live. Yeah, it's great. It my well, cousin, who just got married, yeah. is huge hey, into congrats, hockey. Brianna. Uh, and the Bruins. Okay. Go Bruins. Yeah. So when I was a kid, my friend Dan Manson and I went to a K Wings game mm -hmm. back in Kalamazoo, and his dad got hit in the shoulder by a puck. It flew up over the glass, slammed into his shoulder. It didn't break anything, but like his whole left side was bruised. He looked like Two Face from the comic Oh my books. gosh! Yeah, <laughs> the Batman villain. And Dan Two -Face. got to keep the puck. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Sorry, man. I know you got that story. That's true. you're like a, tav a yeah. traveling bard. I still have that story. Does Dan still have that puck? No, probably no. not. Maybe he does. All right, Dan, do you still have the puck? Here we got some more books coming. Right. Uh, Cakewalk by Rita Mae Brown. Mm -hmm. I don't. I know Rita Mae Brown's name, but I. She cozy mysteries. Yeah, they don't have a cover of the book, so I can't. Cozy yeah. is all get out. Oh, this is set against the backdrop of America emerging from World War One. That doesn't sound cozy. I remember those days. Do you? No. Mr. Monkey by Francine Prose. I wanted to bring it up because her last name is Prose and she's writing a book, and there's, that's funny to me. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she's writing prose. No, I got it. Prose is a, you know, you write a book. Yeah, like professionals. Sure. Uh... <laughs> Let's see, is this, oh, we've, no, that's something else. Okay. Uh, Preston and Child, uh, Preston and Child have a new book, The Obsidian Chamber, mm -hmm. and Agent Pendergast series. Yeah. Are these sci-fi books? I don't know. Okay. I think they're at least somewhat mystical. All right, here's uh, Escape Clause, a Virgil Flowers novel. I believe this is the second of the Santa Claus films. Yeah, the one with Martin Short. Oh, that's the third one then. No, wait, you're right. Second, the second one. one. Yeah, no Martin Short. Martin Short's in, as Jack Frost in yeah. the third one. Mm -hmm. Hits him with like a shovel. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's All right, right. Uh, Virgil Flowers novel. Uh, I like Virgil Flowers. This is nine of nine. Okay, is the last book you're saying, or just the most recent book? It's the most recent book. Okay. All right, we got some young adult and books your here. Your statement was misleading. Uh, the last we got Gemini, which is uh, book two in the Illuminae Files. The first one was probably just called Illuminae, if I remember. Oh, that one that's yeah. all like weird. In orange. Yeah. Yes. So the sequel's coming out. We got ours we got uh, that. coming. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Moon Chosen, Tales of a New World. This is by PC Cass. She wrote the House of Night series, which is still very popular. That's mm -hmm. a vampire series, I believe. Uh, we've got, I guess, oh, what? We got Tokyo Ghoul Volume 9. Wow. Of uh, manga. This is, Nis. This we'll is a manga. We'll never see it again. Yeah. It'll be checked out the instantly. Tokyo I've read the first seven. And I, I read them as soon as they're in, wow. and then I have to... And then we've got What Light by Jay Asher, or Asher. Uh, I guess it's a story about love and forgiveness set at Christmas time in Oregon. Uh, he wrote the book 13 Reasons Why about the girl who oh. uh, committed suicide and left audio tapes about why she committed suicide. I see. My sister-in-law read that book. Yeah. She liked it. And uh, she just recently discovered the podcast. 
Your she's probably listening to us while cleaning her house. So shout outs to Amanda. You missed there the spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, snap. All right. Let's get through the New York Times bestsellers list so we can talk about the real man of the hour. I don't like the way you said that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not something to get through. It's a That's journey. That's true. All right. It's a, you're a Tolkien fan. You I'm don't so- understand that it's about the journey? I'm not. I'm a fan of those movies. Oh, okay. Let's, now, now people are going to be mad you're at me. You're a poser. Okay. Excuse you? Hmm? Sorry, right. I'm just being an antagonist. <laughs> sure are. Let's get back to Saturn. <laughs> All right. Number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. New this week at number 10 is Winter Storms by Ellen Hildebrand. Yeah. It's the final book of the Winter Street trilogy. A huge snowstorm bearing down on Nantucket threatens the Quinn's family's Christmas after a year of significant events. Yeah. Number nine. This one has taken a hit. Uh, the Underground Railroad by mm. Colson Whitehead. That's... Yeah, that's... but it's still for a for a debut and mm-hmm. a historical fiction. It's yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Number eight, The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. <laughs> ah. So basically, a woman, she's on a cruise. Yeah. She hears a splash. Right. She thinks it's a body. No one mm-hmm. will believe her. She's a travel agent. She's Here, a travel writer. And we use this is the part we usually do a bit where I'm like, I heard something. No, you like, didn't. Like, that was the water. The no, it was definitely yeah, the water. So it's, it goes on like that. Yeah. If you want to hear it, you can go back to previous episodes. <laughs> sure can. We've done it in the last, how many weeks has it been on? It has been on here for 12 weeks. We've done it for the last 12 weeks. Jeez. So if you want to hear that. Yeah. So what do you think that would be like, though? Hearing a body in the water? I don't know. And then th- thinking, and would it be no one believe you? From another splash? Yeah. All right. Number seven, new this week, okay. 12 Days of Christmas by the Queen of Christmas, Debbie McCumber. Why are people, why? Why are people, why are people buying this? Why are you buying these, why are these bestsellers right now? Why are you buying them in October? Yeah. Well, they want to make sure they have it. I don't understand. Well, I mean, to be fair, stores already have Christmas decorations. Shut up, shut up, shut sale, up. So it's really early. All right. Today will be different by Maria Semple. Hmm. Yeah. I like her outlook. Ooh, uh, it's a calamitous day in the life of a cynical Seattle transplant from the author of Where'd You Go, Bernadette. <laughs> uh, Seattle. Speaking of, I've been watching a lot of the early seasons of Frasier. Oh, set so. in Seattle. Yep, sure is. Hey, yeah. I like Starbucks. From, uh-huh. from Seattle. They're oh, from Seattle. okay. Uh, number five, after three weeks on this list, Home by Harlan Coben. Uh, number four, Woman of God by James Patterson and Maxine Pietro. Uh-huh. Lady Pope. Yes, the Lady Pope book. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Commonwealth by Anne Patchett. Yeah. Oh, man, I can just say Patchett like no I know. problem. Boy. So, number two, new this week, The Trespasser. Ooh. In the sixth Dublin Murder Squad novel, mm. Detective Antoinette Conway confronts a case that is more complicated than it appears. Hmm. Man. And number one, new this week, Two by Two by Nicholas Sparks, a man who becomes a single father when his marriage and business collapse, wow. learns to take a chance on a new love. Good for him. That is so brave. No, we talked about this. Marriage collapse. He's going to go out there. No, we talked about this. What? It's, it's brave when women do it too. I didn't say anything about women. <laughs> I know you didn't. That's the him. problem. Oh. <laughs> so it's less brave because he's a man? No, I'm just saying we always make a big deal about like men who are single fathers, I but see. like single mothers are out there shout in out droves. to single moms yeah good for you yeah it is boss day after Ring all that bell. that's right and who's more of a boss than yeah. a single mom can i tell you i was gonna i was going to do a bruce springsteen thing yeah but i caught myself just before i started singing uh neil diamonds you're coming to america Jeez. rather than born in the usa wow that would have been awful that would have been so embarrassing we dodged yeah. a bullet. so we dodged a bullet we're out of are you okay yeah, that was my Bruce Springsteen impression. Oh my gosh, I thought you swallowed your tongue. That was that was so scary. <laughs> we have the new Bruce Springsteen CD and the book, folks. So if you're interested in yeah. either of those, I almost awesome. picked that up to buy, but then I was like, wait I a know. second, 
I'll just go to my local library. That's kind of the tragedy about working in a library. Yeah. I, I have trouble making myself buy like brand new books, even mm-hmm. though I want them. Yeah. yeah. But I don't reread yeah. them. I lend them to people sometimes. Yeah. I don't want them to screw up my covers. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're the worst. You know. Yeah. You give me, uh, even you, you'll give me your comic books without the covers. True. Like yeah. somehow I'm your most untrustworthy friend with comic oh, books. There's many people I trust less than you. So every so, year, except the Nobel for... Peace Prize for yes. literature. Okay. Go ahead. Oh. Well, thanks for throwing off my groove. <laughs> <laughs> the Nobel Prize in Literature was first given out in 1901. The very first uh, winner, uh, a name that's really become a household name, I think. Mm-hmm. I know Eric has several of his books. Uh, Mr. Sully Prudhomme of France. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I, I yeah. love to get a mug of tea and just curl up with a little book by Sully P. But yeah. uh, anyway, so it's been every year since 1901, with some exceptions. There are years when they opt not to uh, give out the prizes, but for most years we've had people, yeah, winning things. Yeah. So uh, for the it's a it's a spread of all over. There are a total of 113 Nobel laureates. Mm. The most uh, country, uh, the country with the most wins is France, obviously 16 of wins. Of course. Next, the United States with 11, then the UK with 10. I'm going to drunk dial Germany, France. Sweden, like, you think you're so better than us? This year, yeah. it's turning some heads. Sure. And to be fair, the Nobel Prizes have taken a little heat in recent years for various political accusations and, mm. and saying they have an agenda and things. Mm. So whatever. But this year is, I don't know if I would say it's stirred up controversy this is the first time i've ever even heard of the nobel prize in literature but it's definitely a a discussion that's ensued yeah the nobel laureate for 2016 nobel prize in literature mr bob dylan the first american to win the nobel prize since i want to say tony morrison which was a long time ago now that he won the nobel peace prize in literature i'm gonna see i was trying to see how many times i could say nobel peace prize in literature until you corrected me oh because it's not the nobel peace prize no it's not so no i'm sorry it it that crashed and burned. Yeah, it did. Like the Hindenburg. It did. Yeah, too soon. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the oh, Nobel the Prize. So, huh. when it first came out, I was trying to think, like, <laughs> you know, if I've been aware, like you said, before this, like the Nobel Prize comes out, and it seems like it only sticks in my head when it's something that people are like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like when President Obama was awarded the Peace Prize, like before he really started in office, yeah. and everybody was like, but he hasn't really... Yeah. started yet yeah you know so it seems Ooh. like that's the only careful time. your political colors no, are showing no <laughs> just kidding i'm saying that that turned heads just yeah. like this and so i guess i mean as we discussed with other awards sometimes these literary awards they don't really they don't really translate into people being aware yeah. of the things now the nobel prize is different than a lot of others because um usually these kind of literature prizes are awarded for a specific book and that really hasn't been the the rubric that nobel uses uh, typically, it's 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 to sort of a body of work, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's occasionally they'll say you know like this is a good example of that, but it's true, especially it for like this one, this it book. says that it's for a yeah. uh, the work refers to an author's work as a whole, mm-hmm. not for just like one book, right? Or in this case, album, or in this case, song. Yeah. So here's here's the Alfred Nobel statement that guides the Nobel Prize. Yeah, it's not very descriptive. It isn't. The said interest shall be divided into five equal parts, which shall be apportioned as follows. One part to the person, dot, 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 other ones. Yeah. One part to the person who shall have produced in the field of literature the most outstanding work in an ideal direction. Yeah, no wonder they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so (laughs) it is pretty vague. It's true. And, like, that's the only thing I could find to describe what you pick. Yeah. There's, like, no real, like, type of fiction, no wit. They have, like, no guidelines. Yeah. 
So here you go. And yeah. now we got Bobby Dillon. Well, Nobel to, Prize winner. To be fair, winners, uh, it, it's, it ranges from everything. It's, it's not like it's just a fiction prize. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's essays, short stories, histories, uh-huh. memoirs, novels, uh, traditional things, poetry. Mm-hmm. Though I do think, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember ever seeing one that listed songwriting before yeah. as a reason. I think that's probably well, new. But, you know, different things, screenplays, uh, stage plays, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different things. So it's not... It's not as, as narrow as you might think when you hear Nobel Prize in literature. It is, it is relatively open. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about people who agree or don't agree first? You know, honestly, I would like to hear what you think about it. Because let me, let me tell you, oh, for me... All right. I want like, to make fun of this author. Okay. Well, <laughs> now we, is fine. We'll still have time to make fun of what do I think? people. Well, I... Okay. For me... Like, I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. I'm not invested I know, in man. Bob Dylan. So it's not like I hear this and I'm like, yes, because of all the things yeah. I love about Bob Dylan. <laughs> so my reaction was just, it seems like a big departure from the uh-huh. thing that they normally do. Right. And like, is that fair? Like, does it uh-huh. make sense to do that? So Somebody pointed out, here's something. Um, somebody pointed out that Shakespeare did not publish his works. Mm. I saw this online. I can't remember where. I'm on the New York Times best. I'm on the New York Times right now looking at one. And I can't remember if they're the ones who okay. mentioned it. But, yeah, someone pointed out, maybe it was even the Rolling Stone magazine, but Shakespeare didn't publish his work. He just, you know, performed them and then moved on to the thing. But we still count Shakespeare's literature. But True. it wasn't at first. It was, you know, low art in a way, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. So just bringing that up. Right. Because people would say uh, these aren't poems because they weren't, you know, written down and then published. Hmm as that and even mm-hmm. dylan changes the words of his song when he's performing them because he's mm-hmm. like this word is going to be better so interesting yeah okay well as a long time bob dylan fan not as long as i like to be I, I i think i got into dylan what year is it 2016 mm, 2011 okay uh i well, mean before got, i had a few five songs. years on me sport okay what do i think i like it okay i think it's good um i but i always kind of view uh music and lyrics as poetry i actually enjoy okay so um so and i think i think he's a good choice i was trying to think of who else would fit in this category in the world of music and like it's hard to think of somebody else besides bob dylan because his you know when you think about what what's the thing again it's songs that or not songs (laughs) Uh, man, they're going to be unhappy going, if they hear going that. in an ideal direction. In an ideal direction. Yeah. I mean, he, he used his music to try to push, you know, ideal directions. Uh, Blowing in the Wind was a, uh, there's a, there's an article called Eight Songs That Show Why Bob Dylan Won the Nobel Prize for Literature. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for the Indian Express, uh, which I had never heard of until this, but, uh, Blowing in the Wind was used for, uh, the civil rights movement mm. a lot. So you have that. Um, you have, uh, protest songs, you have, um, songs that are actually telling stories like, um, like a Rolling Stone or, um, ah, one we just listened to, uh, don't think twice. It's all right. I think. Okay. So. All right. It's, it's, Uh, it's good. Uh, I mean the song, the hurricane, are you familiar with that one? Here's the story of the hurricane. I probably, if I heard it, the man authorities tried to blame, Mm -hmm. For something that he never done. <laughs> Put in a jail cell for one time. You're following a melody line, so I don't recognize <laughs> Okay, it. oh. Bob Dylan. Yeah, you, you got a chip on your shoulder about Bob. No. Uh, Hurricane, it's about the, uh, it was written about the imprisonment of Reuben uh, Hurricane Carter. Okay. Who was a boxer. 
uh, and Bob Dylan believed that uh, he had been profiled because of uh, it was racial profiled and was falsely accused and everything. Mm-hmm. So he writes this eight minute song uh, about the hurricane. It's a great song, and Carter did get uh, all the charges dismissed in 1985 hmm. or 1988. I'm sorry. So interesting. Uh, I mean, he made a point there. Also, Desolation Row, in my mind, is poetry. Okay. So, and that's eleven minutes. Well, it seems like it seems like a lot of the talk is positive. I know we yeah. put it out to our listeners, and we got Facebook user Ashley says well deserved. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she that that seems to be a pretty consistent, at least with with people who responded to us. Joyce Carol Oates gave it the thumbs up. She did. Actually, I thought she had a really interesting thing to say about it. She said, good about Nobel Prize for Bob Dylan, but also good that Yates, Faulkner, Beckett did not have to compete with Berlin, Porter, Rogers, and Hart. And I think that's an interesting comparison to make, yeah. you know, because, you know, I think before this, that sort of thing would, would never have been considered. So yeah. that's where it seems like kind of a stretch. It seems to me like a situation where you create a special award you know like the emmys or the tonys or whatever often do that well i like a honorary i honestly can't think the only other person i thought that might someday be able to win this you know nobel prize in literature for music is bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. he's the only other person i could think of because his songs are also very narrative and story driven a lot of them are about uh you know 41 shots is about uh I can't remember the name of the man who was uh, shot reaching for his wallet, but was shot 41 times by the police. You know, he's got songs protesting uh, racism and uh, class warfare. And um, his whole The Rising album is about 9-11, or at least most of it. So I feel like it's not opening the door. It's not going to be like a flood of art. Like, I don't see the Rolling Stones, you Mm -hmm. know, winning this. Rush isn't going to win this. Led Zeppelin's not going to win it. Um I don't know how many like musical artists like Bob Dylan and Springsteen who are singing those kind of songs that the world's producing right now. I guess it just seems like it's a weird... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess are we saying that like music is literature? I don't know that I would like agree with that across the board. And it seems like there are already ways to like, you know, honor and appreciate music without taking it away from like the world of literature it just it seems like an odd pull Hmm. to me to like reach out beyond that i mean i feel like it's saying like well aaron sorkin's writing is is really musical so let's give him a grammy like that doesn't make any sense to me but then so then we start asking like netflix original shows do they get to win emmys because it's for TV, but they don't, they're not on TV. They're streamed. Uh, the only way they're on TV is you're streaming them on your television. Right. Uh, same thing for Hulu Originals or Amazon Originals. Um, you know, and Netflix series do win. House of Cards has won multiple Emmys. Uh, so I think Orange is the, is the New Black has. But I know Transparent has, and that's on Amazon. Do those still get to win for television? If okay. Netflix does a movie... Like an original Netflix movie, and you know, two hours movie, and it's there. It's really big. Uh, the Oscars aren't going to acknowledge it, but most people know the Oscars are elitist and never picking, you know, things that maybe should be picked. So, I don't know. I, I mean, their music is poetry. You know, when you put the words down in a book of lyrics without the music, it reads like poetry. Yeah, I guess I hate poetry normally. And so, <laughs> well, when I look at the list of like past winners, uh-huh. it doesn't. I mean, there's there's names that I recognize. You know, Alice yeah. Monroe, Tony Morrison, a lot of playwrights. Mm-hmm. You know, Eugene O'Neill. That 
Harold Pinter's a lot, a lot of things that you know that stand out to me, but mm-hmm. it's not. This isn't something that's like setting trends, I don't think. But I also I don't really think that that's the goal either. And I guess I just feel someone like Bob Dylan, who's sort of universally acclaimed and has tons of accolades and respect and and attention. Like, do mm-hmm. we really need to take a literature prize and give it to somebody in another field because mm-hmm. you can you can make the argument that technically his songwriting is poetry, right? I just, I guess, I just don't see the need for it. I'm not saying Bob Dylan doesn't deserve <laughs> awards or accolations. I, right. I just don't know that, like, you know, we need to give him. Like, are we gonna give him the Stanley Cup? <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like there's there's specific things that apply to like his talent and his skills. Yeah. And I just don't know that this really counts or should count. I mean, it does. So there's nothing we could do about it. But. You know, that that was sort of, that's been my gut reaction to like, uh-huh. nothing against Bob Dylan. I'm not trying to take away anything from Bob Dylan. It just seems like a crossover that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So, hmm. I don't know. Well, you're in some company with Jodie Picoult. Oh, really? She did. Uh, I'm happy for Bob Dylan, hashtag, but does this mean I can win a Grammy? No, Jody Bacolt, because you can't write a freaking Wonder Woman story correctly. <laughs> no way am I going to assume that you can write an album. Um, see, that's the difference, though. This is what we're arguing. Jodi Picoult can write a book, yeah. but she can't write music for it. So that's why she's not going to become win a Grammy. Bob Dylan can write, like, and then he adds music to it. Or he you know, writes it with the music. If you take away the music, you have poetry. If you, with Jodi you know, there's, she's not there. Who is this person? Oh, man. Uh, Bob Dylan winning a Nobel Prize, a Nobel in literature is like Mrs. Fields being awarded three Michelin stars. The novelist <laughs> Rabbi Alamadine um, wrote this on Twitter. He says, this is almost as silly as Winston Churchill. Two things. One, hey, Rabbi, I had to look you up on Google. <laughs> so, <laughs> two, uh, we're, we're now trashing Winston Churchill's speeches for winning the literature. Because he he won uh, he also won the prize for literature. Hmm. How do you th- what do you think about that? I well I, I only came across that when I was looking up other things. Yeah. I mean I think it seems it seems atypical, but it wasn't. I mean he has he has books. I mean he has yeah. essays and memoirs and things that are you know real clear. Yeah. Uh, you know so he's not a novelist. He's not a you know a philosopher or something like that. Uh-huh. So it's an atypical choice. So I get that. I, I did, but it is still like writing mm-hmm. i don't know i guess i guess it just it blurs a weird line for me and it and it seems unnecessary for me to do it. when i listen to bob dylan's song and maybe it's because of the way he sings it's not one of those when i listen to a bob dylan song it's not a song where i just listen to the music and i'm not paying attention to the lyrics like i feel like every time i listen to a dylan song the lyrics are front and center but you know what you and i we're not going to solve this problem today no, no. Also, Bob Dylan's not returning the Nobel Prize's calls. No, I just read that online as well. Like, please accept this award. He's just not, he's just not there. That's fine. However, uh, if you are interested in reading Bob Dylan's songs without music, uh, they are publishing a new book. It's called L- the Lyrics, oh, uh, well. 1961 to 2012 we'll by Bob Dylan. So uh, it's a comprehensive volume of Dylan's lyrics from beginning of his career to the present day. Uh, with some edits to dozens of songs appearing uh, here for the first time. Um, this is coming out November 1st, so probably somebody 
jumped on it as soon as like yeah. we're, we're putting on a thing. well he was on the short list so they yeah. had a little bit of time but see that's another thing if the lyrics had been like published over the last 40 years if mm-hmm. that would have been a thing like yeah. you know collected lyrics of bob dylan's regularly then i feel like it would be an easier argument to make it just seems i don't know i don't know but let me read a few more listener responses sure. uh, facebook user marta says he deserves it i don't think we got any negative we got one question a Facebook user Gerald said, "Was it meaningful and lasting?" The music was added. Right. So I, you know, I, I think there there are. Didn't you have a couple more? Uh, yeah. Somebody said, um, "Let's see. We have Kendra on Facebook. She says, I love that he won. Lyrics are poetry and take thought and insight to create. Uh, well, Bob Dylan's anyway. She's and then she says, I mean, Hurricane is basically an epic poem. Hurricane. Uh, he is a storyteller and he expresses that through his songs. And we also have Virginia on Facebook and she says. It was a surprise, but he has written several really classic songs that are part of the American culture. I think it is a great choice. Uh, he also has a book. I believe it's called Chronicle that is considered to be one of the best uh, autobiographies, music insight books ever written. Yeah. So. Well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when, But that was before Springsteen's Born I to think, Run. I think the strongest argument for me is that. I don't know. You you have things like people people have been put up for mm-hmm. things like screenplays mm-hmm. and stage plays and yeah. stuff, which is, you know, I mean that's I I feel like that's a little bit especially stage plays for me anyway are easier to accept as like a form of literature. Yeah. But when you think about stage plays, screenplays, songwriting, it does sort of they do sort of fit the same. I guess here's the thing. I could take any poem, any poem that's written, get mm-hmm. up on stage, not me. Because then I can't do it, but with an acoustic guitar and play music to it mm-hmm. and read the poem. The poem's still literature. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, let me hit you up with some of the. Uh, hit me up. Yeah. Let me tell you some of the. Uh, as we mentioned, Bob Dylan was the first American to win this prize. Since, sure. Let me see if I can find the year 1993. Mm. So, quite a while. So, here are some of the other uh, United States winners Nobel laureates. Sinclair Lewis won in 1930. Eugene O'Neill, 1936. Pearl S. Buck, 1938. William Faulkner, 1949. Ernest Hemingway, 1954. John Steinbeck, 1962, which was also a controversy. A lot of people didn't think he deserved that. Uh, Saul Bellow, 1976. Isaac Bashevis Singer, 1978. Mm -hmm. Joseph Brodsky, 1987. Toni Morrison, 93. Bob Dylan, 2016. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. is represented pretty well, uh, considering... Uh, we're the we're the second uh, country with the second highest number. There you go. So we were tied with the UK. Bob Dylan pushes over the edge. Oh, all right. So just another. Thanks, mark. Bobby. Yeah. Uh, there was something else I was going to say about Bob Dylan. No, I but I was serious about Springsteen. I think with you know this proving that it can happen, that I wouldn't be surprised if he could win it anyway. Well, that seems crazy to me, but I don't know Springsteen well enough. Really? To, to that. Yeah. Wow, Springsteen fans, tell Nick how not crazy that is. Springsteen is basically. When it comes to that kind of storytelling, like the next Bob Dylan, of terms of like hmm. using his music to tell stories and you know shine a light on some things people don't pay attention to. Okay, so there you go. weird. Really? I just yeah. I mean, well, I you haven't listened never... to a lot of uh, Springsteen's earlier stuff. No, I've just stuff. never heard that kind of thing. I've something like Jungle Land. Something. Well, the ghost of Tom Jones. Up like that. Tom Jones? No, Tom Jode. It's not on you. Oh. No. I get it now. 
Okay, well, we have a lot of the, uh, the well, Nobel Prize represented here in our collection. So if you're curious about other... Oh, I thought you meant like we got the Nobel Prize committee. Yeah, they're right here. here. Folks, come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Why did you say such mean things? If you want to dig into past Nobel Prize winners, stop in. Because uh, yeah. we, we've got a, a lot of uh, representation here. Um, yeah. You know, so you uh, speaking mm -hmm. of... Bob Dylan uh, and his songs for the civil rights. You know, Roger, our senior intern, sure, yeah. was at the civil rights movements. He was at some of the marches. Really? I don't think I should say which side. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's there's well... A darkness. There's a darkness. <laughs> All right. With him. Whew. Well, let's talk about library news. What do we got? And remember... Uh, the we the some we we chose a few of the uh, reader responses here, but if you ever yeah. want to contribute to all the books, have us Show. read your uh, <laughs> have us read your your thoughts and statements. You can always find us on Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. Yeah. We have our own Twitter yeah. at All the Book Show. You know what we also have? We have uh, all the songs. Uh, no, but the, yes, we do. Uh, Bob Dylan's All the Songs. Oh, the book in our collection. Yes, it's okay. a massive book. Probably would you say bigger or the same size as that Beatles one? I haven't seen it. Oh no! Right, yes, yeah. it is giant. You're yeah, right. it's huge. It's a massive book. The it just has the, songs. Yes. the history of each and every one of Bob Dylan's songs. Yeah. So, it, uh, if you're in the area or you near a library, we recommend checking out that book uh, because it goes through every single song through every album. Yeah. So, yeah, the Beatles one is called "Hard Days Right." That's right. Yes, and that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, anyway, you can find us on Twitter at All the Book Show. We love to hear from you. Yep. Uh, remember, we're talking Halloween next week, so send us your yeah. thoughts. If you want to listen to last year's Halloween episode to get some uh, jump start on reading, you can find that on SoundCloud yeah. slash all the books or on iTunes, iTunes. or YouTube. Uh, that's episode seven, Halloween Now. We also did a Stephen King spotlight last and year. we did a uh, Lonely, Lonely Hearts. Hearts Book Club with the Wolfen. On the Wolfen. So those, those are episodes seven, eight, and nine. So if you yeah. want to dive back into a the A trilogy past, of terror. I like it. Thank you. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk library news. What do we have? I already mentioned Alexander yeah, McCall Smith. Yeah, that's true. Coming up uh, on the Anime Club every Wednesday at 5.30 uh, for teen students ages 12 to 18. Uh, Tuesdays, our after-school card club from uh, 3 to 5. Same, same... Uh, bat time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Bat channel. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, what, what else do we got going on? Well, we got our big Halloween week coming up. Oh, that's right. We're showing yeah. those movies. We're showing four days in a row. We're showing classic Universal uh, monster movies. On the 25th, we're doing a special matinee, so if you don't want to come to one of the late shows, yeah. you can come at 2 o'clock on the 25th. We'll be showing The, the Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. Yep. And then... Wait till you see him. No, he's invisible. That, that's the... Yeah. He's invisible. That's the... Oh. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of that week, so October 26th, Saturday, what a day, waiting all week with you. Oh, at, I dropped my mic. At 7 o'clock each night. So the 26th, we're showing Wolfman. Uh-huh. Uh, 27th, we're showing The Mummy. 28th, yeah. we're doing a special uh, double feature with Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Those are all yeah. at 7 o'clock. Followed up on Saturday, the 29th, we're doing a Halloween party for kids, followed yeah. by a special showing of Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King yeah. at 11.30. And again, 29th. this Wolfman and Mummy, these are the old black and white classic Classics. ones, not to be confused with Benicio Del Toro yeah. and Brendan Fraser. You Though know, I'm sure Brendan Fraser would love to be confused with anybody. He probably would Like, be. wait, was that yeah. Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Oh, they're... You can always join us for a book club. We had an influx of people last time, mm -hmm. which was fun. For... Book club meets in my office, so you can see where the All the Books magic happens. Yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned right now, we're finishing up Emma with Alexander McCall Smith, yeah. moving on to A Patchwork Planet by Ann Tyler. We'll meet for that one mid-November, so you have plenty of time. Winding Down on Frankenstein Ooh. by Dean yeah. Koontz. That meets right after Halloween, November 2nd, 3.30. And then following that, we'll begin In the Bleak Midwinter by Julia Spencer Fleming. 
Okay. So those are our You know, luckily, with the way the calendar works, we still have two more podcasts in October. I, know, I thought we were in November no. a lot sooner. Not but yet. We'll be recording and releasing one on the day on of Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Woo. We'll probably talk about Christmas books. All right. Send us your favorite Halloween books, your favorite Halloween movies, and tune in next week when we have the Queen of Halloween, Sally Murphy, in the house with us. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.